Namaste and welcome to a very special live stream of the Bharatvartha podcast. I'm Roshan Karyapa and I have Vivek Ketan here as well with me to host our esteemed guest for today. Our guest today is one of my personal heroes. I discovered his book uh, Being Different about nine years ago and uh, it has had a very deep impact on, on my life as I'm sure many of you listening to us. So Rajiv Malhotra ji is among the foremost Indian academics and scholars of our time. He was trained initially as a physicist and then as a computer scientist uh, specializing in AI in the 1970s. After a successful corporate career in the US, he became an entrepreneur and founded and ran several IT con companies in 20 countries. Since the early 1990s, as the founder of his nonprofit Infinity Foundation, which is based in Princeton, USA, he has been researching civilizations and their engagement with technology from a historical social sciences and mind sciences perspective. He has authored several best-selling books. The Infinity Foundation has also published a 14-volume series on the history of Indian science and technology. His new book on AI is titled Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Power, Five Battlegrounds. And in this book, Rajivji analyzes the impact of AI in a variety of domains and what these developments could mean to us from an Indian perspective. So once again, Rajivji, privilege and honor to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you for inviting me. I love uh, young people interviewing me, questioning me, grilling me, debating me, agreeing and disagreeing. All that is welcome. It should be, it should be respectful uh, to the subject matter. It should be relevant to the topic. And, and as long as that is the case, I, I enjoy it. Uh, so okay. let me just give you a quick overview of, of uh, the po some of the points I'm making because the five battlegrounds are all very distinct, though interrelated. Uh, so I'll give you some, some, of the, uh, some of the main points only. Artificial intelligence is a major disruptor, like uh, the Industrial Revolution uh, you know, in England and then in other European countries uh, disrupted the way manufacturing is done, disrupted world economics. Many industries died. The labor-intensive previous industries died. They could not keep up with it. And new industries were born. New job categories were born that did not exist. And it also disrupted, disrupted the relationship between who are the winners and losers. Some of the people who are doing very well, their whole industry or profession was finished. And some completely new kind of people emerged. It also changed the relationship between countries. Uh, Britain became a big power and India became a colony. So when people tell you that uh, the industrial revolution was great and so will the AI revolution be great, you got to tell them it was great for some people, but not for other people. In fact, the colonization of the world, not just India, but colonization of large parts of the world and European countries becoming colonizers is related to the industrial revolution. Every, every historian will tell you that. The rise of Europe is related to the industrial revolution. So will this new AI revolution be the rise of China, for instance, because they are ahead in AI. Will, uh, just like Britain and France uh, fought wars with each other and also fought over colonies, who gets which colony. In India, British soldiers and French soldiers and Dutch soldiers fighting each other for colonial control. So in the same way, will US and China be fighting with each other and also fighting over colonies? Are they rival colonizers? Is that a way to look at the world? And not just these two, but a few others also. So, and where is India in all this? What will happen to India? Are we going to become another colony once more? Because in the AI, we lost the race. 
or are we able to move up fast enough? Too much AI creates unemployment, especially if it's very haphazard. It'll make the rich richer, but a large number of poor people will become poorer. Maybe the bottom 500 million people in India are vulnerable because they're not well-educated. It's difficult to upscale them. You can say we'll upscale people to AI, but you know, somebody is a taxi driver or a street vendor or barber. I mean, how are you going to upscale him to AI? It's not that easy. How about farmers, poor people in villages? How do you upscale them into the AI economy? Not that easy. It's easier said than done. And a lot of our people are talking like this because they're reading, they're parroting what's written about AI in the Western countries. And so they're assuming they can just quote it and uh, apply it to India. Uh, but that's not so easy. So is, is, uh, is AI going to make Indian rich people richer and certain, certain industries and maybe certain regions like maybe Bangalore and Mumbai and some big areas become much, more, much stronger with the use of AI while other poorer places will become even poorer. This is something we have to think about. If you have too much AI and too quick AI and haphazard AI, it will be a problem. But then on the other hand, if you don't have enough AI, if you're very slow in AI, then China will beat you. So what do we do? Are we a sandwich between the problem of too much AI and the problem of too little AI? This is a very serious problem that I think India needs to talk about. And, and my book, as a lover of India, as somebody who spent most of my adult life sacrificing and doing whatever tan man dhan I'm able to do in my humble capacity, I've tried to do to help the cause of Bharat. As somebody like that, I just want to stimulate conversation. The purpose of this book is not to tell you this is right, that is wrong, but to stimulate conversation, more manthan, bring more voices. Right now, the experts are people who have written a lot of AI reports in the West, you know, like McKinsey, PricewaterhouseCooper, uh, Ernst & Young, uh, the, the uh, World Economic Forum, all these kind of people. Uh, and I'm just giving you some examples only. Uh, they have written some authoritative works in the Western world and applied that same logic for India without, without doing a bottom-up study of India. A proper study of India should start in the village. You should, they should go and interview the village panchayat, the district level people to see what will be the impact on their economy. How will it impact the migrant workers? Nobody's asked that kind of question. Nobody, every one of those 60, 70 million migrant workers sends remittances home to look after two, three people, two, three people in the family for every migrant worker. That means you can multiply 50, 60 million uh, migrant workers by three or four or something. And that's how many people in the villages depend on this economy. What happens to this economy? You have to ask. So the, rather than doing a bottom-up brand new study on India, everybody in India is quoting these Western reports, uh, which I th don't think is a good enough job. Indian economists also misinformed. And the investment community very happy that we'll bring FDI. But FDI is good for top-level big corporates, the companies in Sensex. But the Sensex economy is, is, uh, only employs less than 10% of Indian workers, maybe even 5%. The rest of the Indian workers are self-employed. They are small, medium-sized uh, you know, uh, companies. They are not the ones getting FDI. So this very uh, top-level, top-down-level uh, planned economy uh, with FDI uh, is not what is the job engine. It's not the uh, engine creating new jobs. It may create more profits. It may be good for GDP also, but GDP growth 
is not the same thing as employment growth. This is something in interesting. So what does AI do as a disruptor in this very delicately balanced ecosystem called India? So the Rashtra, you know, you have to check uh, India as a Rashtra with many balancing forces. And I won't talk about things other than economy and defense, but in the book, I have talked about many kinds of forces. Economy is battleground one, and defense is battleground two because China is an AI superpower. But there are all these other battlegrounds also where I talk about different things, which you should read about. So I will stop there because I think it's more interesting to take questions from you. Right. Thank you, Rajivji. This uh, certainly sets the stage for our discussion. And again, I mean, seeds a lot of conversations that we can have around variety of these topics. Uh, but before that, I wanted to take a step back and ask you, you know, from identifying breaking India forces to the battle for Sanskrit and now incorrectly forewarning us about the impact of AI, you always seem to be ahead of time. Um, and what is, you know, what really provoked you into writing this book? So, you know, AI is my original topic in graduate school in computer science. So it's not like something new. I came up with just like that. Uh, I gave up all the study and pursuit of that professionally, you know, 27, 28 years ago and got into humanities, social sciences, history, faith, religion, spirituality, all of that. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. But I find that there's a big connection. People think that I've abandoned my traditional areas in order to study AI. That's because they don't know... People who are people who say that most people are saying that don't know enough about Vedic thought, and nor do they know enough about AI to understand the deep connections. And I'm not disclosing the deep connections in this book, but I do talk about. I give some hints, and in a sequel which I'm writing, you will see a whole lot of new kind of AI we can do where we can leapfrog ahead. We can leapfrog ahead of the whole rest of the world AI because we can bring a new metaphysics. Uh, 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 that will that will change the way AI is done, and right. so we cannot. There is a Vedic impact on AI, which I will explain, uh, you know, at some point. And then there is an AI impact on our civilization. AI can undermine our civilization if we are not careful, or we can control the AI and drive it in a direction that suits us. So this is a very this is not a, a off topic. I'm not a person who's diverted here, there, and scatterbrained. I'm writing 20 more books and they will all look like completely different topics, but they're all connected. They're all deeply connected. Right. So I want, uh, so in this book, uh, I'm not making them, I, I, in my previous books, I handed over to the Hindutva crowd, the Hindu, uh, you know, activists and the uh, people championing India and all, and, and they learned breaking India from me, then be, being different. And then they started their own movements, so many channels, so many uh, organizations started, so many foundations. All of these are within the last 10 years, if you notice. And they're all piggybacking off of the work published in Breaking India and being, being different. But then gradually, rather than joining me, rather than us working together, rather than building this future together, they all went on their own, started competing and bypassing me eliminating me, leaving me behind, criticizing me, attacking me, all of that happened. So, you know, I have watched this, uh, but now the situation is that these people are stuck in a corner. They have nothing new. They are, if you look at the last week, the last month worth of uh, what's going on, it's about this scandal, that FIR, this, uh, you know, something happened in a church, some madrasa did this, something happened to a temple. Uh, it's the same old 
points that were mentioned in breaking India and being different, but new examples, new examples of the same thing. So there's loss of imagination. There's loss of creativity. There's loss of tapasya uh, uh, to come up with, uh, you know, innovative new ideas. So what I decided is I started this AI book research five years ago. I decided I'd keep totally quiet from the public. I gave a few talks only here and there, and I will now introduce it to new people. I'm, bypa I'm bypa bypassing these cr this crowd because they bypass me. So I'm bypassing this whole crowd. I'm going to technocrats. I'm going to young technocrats, people in industry, people who, are, who know about computer science, economists, young economists, uh, industrialists, venture capitalists, policymakers. So I'm actually creating a new uh, support group, a new, new uh, you know, camaraderie with people, bypassing the whole breaking India crowd because that crowd is obsolete. And this book will show you that actually I've and I've coined something called Breaking India 2.0. I'm I'm talk I'm going to describe something called Breaking India 2.0, which means that the Breaking India forces have jumped ahead using AI, using machine learning, using big data, uh, learning our patterns of behavior, understanding us through all this gossip and talker talk and fighting going on. We people are giving up all our secrets, all our private thoughts into the social media. This social media is driven by algorithms. These algorithms are being trained by machine learning. So this AI machinery in the hands of foreign forces is actually the next generation of breaking India. Our people don't even know this. All these people who are championing uh, and, and doing all this fighting on, uh, on, uh, in the public, in social media, they are being mapped. Their psychology is being mapped, where they fit, who they are for, who they are against. Uh, what kind of ideology they have, how they are vulnerable, uh, how to win them over, what they will like, what they will dislike. All of that is being mapped by machine learning forces, machine learning systems, and, and uh, this AI is, going to, is outsmarting them. Now, what, what people don't realize what this book is exposing is that the Breaking India Forces 2.0 have taken over this, this technology and they are, they are coming to India in a very big way, in a very devastating way, and we are not ready for it. So we, we are still, our people have still sat, sitting on breaking India 1.0. They have not, and this book is to upgrade them to 2.0. So I'm, I'm giving you guys the opportunity because uh, so far I'm talking only to, uh, you know, industry leaders, a few people in, in this technology. But after I've, I've done about a month of that, I will start talking to the mainstream common, common man. The point I'm making is that all breaking India based movements, individuals, video channels, uh, manthans are obsolete because it's like you are fighting with bows and arrows and the enemy's got an army of tanks. So that is what AI does. It's a force multiplier to uh, move you up to another level of weaponry. And we don't have it. Our enemies have it. This is a very dangerous situation. So that's why I wrote this book. Right. Fantastic. Thank you so much uh, again for making that allowance and uh, you know being with us on the podcast. Uh, actually, I mean, if one looks at your work, there is there's this uh, common grain of uh, a quest to understand the nature of intelligence. In fact, I mean, I think uh, uh, the first few projects uh, from the Infinity Foundation were uh, an investigation into consciousness and things to that effect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Vivek, uh, your question. Yeah. So uh, going to the next question, Rajiv ji. So uh, you have studied physics and computer science and one of, so that's one part of your life. And the second part is that it has been your quest to understand the nature of intelligence. Uh, 
so marrying these two we have essentially you know written this book in order to warn us about the you know developing technologies that may that is also an opportunity as well as a threat for india so yes. what are some of these ideas and technologies uh, in in artificial intelligence that you see coming uh, about which uh, you're warning so you know artificial intelligence has perfected uh, facial recognition and uh, every picture you put up on facebook they can recognize that you know this is vivek and this is roshan and this is these are his friends he's shaking hands with them and these are his friends all the time because there's a lot of pictures now he is in this town now he is in that town they they are fall, the, the machines machine can do the job of tens of thousands of human beings in tracking all this machines can recognize your voice machine can recognize your image your handwriting and not only that machine can recognize shapes so it can from the satellite it can count number of tanks number of trucks number of soldiers it can count enemies moving at so many miles per hour you know in the in this direction this is how big their forces it can do all of that so when you look at the the impact of facial recognition it's also used for surveillance now china has put several lakh video cameras for surveillance in pakistan why so they told the pakistani military will keep you secure and we'll give you data on who are the bad guys and where they're moving we'll recognize all your enemies and keep track of them and surveillance ke liye pakistan is very happy about it but all this data goes into china and they are doing their machine learning so they are keeping track also of the generals of the pakistani military and the political people and the scandals how to embarrass them how to blackmail them how to how to take advantage of them so one day they may decide to push pull the string and say okay if you don't do this for me i can expose you so this kind of a uh, this is what the east india company had uh, with the rajas indian rajas were exposed because the british uh, were protecting them they were looking after them they were their friends they also knew all they had spies they knew all about what's going on in each rajas palace that was without the technology now with all the technology and all the cameras everywhere imagine how much better this job can be done of doing surveillance of the ruling elite in any country so china has got pakistan almost like a digital colony it's like a digital colony and similarly many african countries china has colonized and the uh, uh, and, and you know these uh, pakistan cannot get out of the grip of china pakistan will be used to do the dirty work the the boots on the ground in a war with india the boots on the ground will not be chinese soldiers they will be pakistanis pakistanis actual military people and pakistani infiltrators terrorists all that will be the kind of human human body out there uh china supplying them the technology the money the training all of that in the background so this china pakistan axis is very dangerous so this is one of the things that should wake up india and the only the, the people in india who really understand it are the military people i talked to some of them some of them go on camera and talk about it some of them don't want to but they understand it. they understand how serious it is and they the us i talked to the intelligence people the the people who are uh, with the national security background military background tech, this weaponry background weapons industry background they also tell me they're very concerned about what china has done with ai and and one of the reasons they're very alarmed about china is because it's stolen a whole lot of ai technology from the americans only uh, you know they've stolen a lot of this technology so that is a field Uh, this uh, ability to sur- do surveillance is also on your own citizens so china is uh, building this society of surveillance it's called the surveillance state 
and uh, many countries are beginning to in a in some kind of indirect way do it some are muddled up some are confused some are doing it officially or unofficially but this is what edward snowden why he got in trouble because he was a whistleblower you know several years ago now he's hiding in russia because he exposed that us is doing it secretly on his own citizens so the use of ai is pervasive in this kind of a thing but the us use use of ai is also wonderful it's it's creating new treatments new medical breakthroughs uh, farming techniques agriculture techniques making manufacturing more efficient making education better so in chapter 1 of my book uh, artificial intelligence and the future of power chapter 1 is on all the positive benefits the whole chapter on all the positive benefits what are the technologies natural language processing you can translate languages very instantly uh, and you can understand what somebody is saying through sentiment analysis through all sorts of uh, natural language processing you can even write responses ai programs uh, are now writing editorials there are deep fakes so you have good application you have bad application you also have deep fakes where they can make a they can make a video where it looks like vivek is talking Vivek Khatan is talking, but actually it's somebody else. It'll be his voice, his face, his expressions. But somebody else has written the script, and he's now seen as if he's talking. So the the when you do when you do thumbprint uh, on your on your uh, uh, smartphone, you use your thumbprint to open it. That thumbprint analysis is an AI system because in the old days before machine learning. uh the fingerprint was human being used to take fingerprint and measure and uh, tell you fingerprint matching of criminals fingerprint matching of people was done manually no no need to do it manually ai does it like that much better faster ai looks at uh, lakhs of uh, images of uh, x rays and ct scans per second and and quickly tell you the tumor what size of tumor is it growing what's going on so ai ai is everywhere people just don't understand it the common man in india is very uneducated about this they think that this ai is some science fiction 50 years later it will happen they don't realize every time you use facial recognition to open your phone or somebody does facial recognition on your public me- social media it is ai your fingerprint analysis is ai uh, the social media is making a map of your psychology and deciding what kind of post to send you what kind of post not to send you what kind of advertising is good for you are you are you somebody they should send sell you nike shoes or not sell you which which uh, uh, netflix netflix movie should they uh, say, uh, promote to you what are your likes and dislikes what is your pattern of behavior so all of this marketing for various brands is how these companies have become so rich ab aap soche they are giving you free services so people are very happy this search is free gmail is free huh? social media is free all this twitter is free free so what people are spending their much of their time doing and much of the way to become successful and famous is being given as a gift of these devatas i call them devatas google devata twitter devata facebook devata the devatas are giving you this free but these devatas are the richest companies in the world now this is very strange how the man who became rich in the last 10 years they were not rich before that how they became rich they did not inherit any big money they did not get big government support they from nowhere they became the richest people in the world in the last 10 years and they are doing it by giving things free wow this is we should uh, smart people should think about it now i have tried for 5 years to convince our thought leaders in private private gatherings they don't get it so i decided i'll write a book i'll write a book 
and let the aam aadmi know about it let the aam aadmi make enough noise and let there be enough discussions and then the thought leaders and elitists and people in uh, people with authority they will wake up i i am trying to shake up indians so that india can be saved so that india can once again be ahead of the curve and not behind because we were software superpower until 10 years ago india was called the software superpower of the world but now ai which is the ultimate computer science uh, you know invention if you will the computer the ultimate uh, you know accomplishment of the software industry is ai china is ahead of us now how come we were the superpower but they are 10 years ahead of us how did this happen we should ask my my book answers the question my book answers the question how did the world superpower end up becoming like we are not in the top 5 or 8 ai countries in the world today so this is this is why i am writing this book and this is why it is so important to understand both the positive benefits of ai and and in the in the context of positive benefits of ai we have to catch up we have to become number one we cannot be buying importing things from uh, other people because we don't have enough good ai and we must also understand the negative applications of ai like the breaking india forces like the the defense that could uh, be, be a problem for us so we must know ai how to use it how to use it aggressively for us how to defend against other people who are using it against us both we should know right thank you rajiv ji uh, there are a whole bunch of questions uh, in the comments uh, we'll take these up as and when uh, possible uh, rajiv ji one of the other things that you talk about is this whole uh, uh, aspect of the demographic dividend actually turning against us if we don't necessarily educate and reskill our youth or uh, you know the people of the country right for the new jobs that uh, uh, the, for the jobs that might be impacted by ai as such uh you briefly mentioned upon this uh, uh, this this facet on the opening address as well uh can you go into a little bit of depth on this front yes see every profession the leaders of every profession should do a study of the impact and publish it publicly and invite uh, labor people you, uh, workers employ young people who are into education it is your future it is not my future i am i am 70 plus none of this will affect me by the way i've had a good comfortable life i've lived a wholesome life i've done my job done my dharma and i'll continue doing that no matter what but i'm worried about people like you i'm worried about the young people so people of different communities different jatis with different professions different industry organizations should each of them do its own study i'm available to coach i'm available to help figure out how to how to do these studies but let's take one example let's take the example of automobile industry in india which according to some reports has 4 or 5 million uh, workers not only cars but also ancillaries you know parts india is one of the largest exporters of automobile parts yeah now what happens with the electric car is that there is no internal combustion engine when there is no internal combustion engine there is no spark plug there is no carburetor there is none of those little, little all kind of very complicated machinery gone and thousands of small industries and medium industries that are making very very specialized things are gone so the that is replaced by a battery lithium ion battery lithium bat lithium is the material on which that battery is going to be made china owns the majority of the patents for lithium and china controls 50% of the raw material lithium supply of the world 
China's own lithium mines bring 11% of the world's supply. And the rest of the 50% that China controls, they bought the mines in other countries. So what a smart investment. Our billionaires are busy buying private yacht or island or building this 20-story house and becoming devatas and becoming very glorified, famous people. And we are saying, thank you, sir. You are so rich. Why are we thanking them? They're not investing their wealth in a proper way for, for the nation building. China took uh, a lot of the money they made from this cheap labor arbitrage, you know, selling cheap uh, factory labor. They took made that money and they invested it into very strategic things. So when they discovered that uh, lithium ion battery is the lithium battery is the future battery and the future of the cars, they invested in the large amount of R&D to control the patents. So they will license. Now, while uh, India will be making these bat cars, but they will be importing lithium from China and they'll be importing uh, the, the technology and paying them royalties. So what is going to happen is the internal combustion engine, which is 100-year-old technology, India had indigenized 100%. There is not even one rupee worth of foreign required component in, uh, in, uh, old, in the technology of cars today. India is totally self-sufficient. We don't need to buy uh, that engine from anywhere. India knows how to make it because it's been around for so long. Now we are dismantling that industry, which means we are dismantling four or five million jobs. And we are going to create a new industry, which will create new jobs, of course. But the new jobs, the new industry will not require the same talent, the same uh, know-how, which we have in India. It will have made in China know-how. Now, why do you think uh, Elon Musk keeps praising China? Why? Uh, and why do you think his first factory is in China? His biggest uh, base is in China. It's because he knows that he depends on China for the lithium. He depends on China for that. So he says, I'll be friends with them wherever I set up my factory, even the factory that's set up in India, it's not going to be 100% Indian made things. It'll be an assembly, but the lithium technology of uh, the battery itself, battery is the engine that will come from China. So you see, I'm giving you one example. Now, everybody in the auto industry should be told this. I think it's irresponsible not to tell them this. The, 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 the Ministry of Industry should do this for every single industry. They should do it for textiles. They should do it for whatever. Every industry they should do it for. And then the chief ministers of states should do an analysis, the impact of AI and impact of automation and technology in general on, on the workforce is different for different states. Bihar is different. Karnataka may be ahead because they'll have a lot of AI companies there. Maybe. Hyderabad may attract a lot of AI companies. But while, so you may end up with two Indias, you know, there is this high tech India of a few brilliant people and India has got a lot of good brains. So those guys may do fine. But what about the rest of India? You have 1.3 billion people. Maybe in India with only 300, 400 million top people would be better. So this youth dividend is a, going to become a youth liability because we are not able to train and upscale these people fast enough. So, you know, a young person is an asset because he has hands to work and he has brains to work, but he also has a stomach to feed. So question is, do we have, do, are we growing the stomachs faster or are we growing the brains faster? There are 17 million youth a year who enter the job market, that age, they reach the age they need a job. We are not able to create 17 million new jobs a year. Some of the jobs created artificial by the government just to create jobs, just Give, the give a job for the sake of giving a job. That's not a, a real job. Some are in the family. Somehow they get absorbed. Now, this cannot just go on. 
And with AI, it becomes more dangerous because with AI, the standard of what you have to achieve to be in the AI economy is higher. And we are already uh, not well educated as a country uh, and a lot of unemployment. So when, when, as AI comes in, uh, it will make things even worse. This is why India needs a very aggressive population policy. India needs a population policy. We cannot, but if we keep saying it's a youth dividend, then let's have more youth, let's have more babies because it's a dividend. Who will want to stop a, who will want to stop a trend which is good for you? I have so many arguments with economists, believe me, well-known economists that uh, don't understand the impact of AI. And they keep giving me examples from the old industrial revolution and I keep telling them that won't, doesn't work in this case. And they keep giving me example reports which are, some, some reports are published in India. But if you look at the fine print, uh, you will see that they're quoting reports from uh, Western countries. So in this book, I have a big bibliography in the end, lot of, uh, I have a few thousand pages worth of uh, economic reports, jobs reports, these kind of reports that I've quoted uh, in, this, in this book. So it is well referenced. I have a lot of proof, a lot of evidence about these things. And I'm happy to have debates with economists, with industrialists, with people who are, in the, are talking about the future of jobs, people who are into education policy. I am very happy to talk about it. All of that is part of Battleground One. Ajit is going to the next question. Uh, the world has gone through COVID-19 pandemic in the last one year, uh, you know, due to Wuhan virus that originated in China. That has caused massive economic dislocation around the world and also in India. But now it seems that India is, you know, the economy has bottomed out and India is coming out of the, you know, current economic morass. The last two, three months data has been very, very encouraging. Uh, India has also started investing in AI, even though it lags a lot behind China and USA, who are the leaders of AI in the world today. Uh, do you see, uh, uh, could you explain a little, little as to what kind of investment India has made? And do you see that helping India achieve the goal of $5 trillion economy in the next five years? You know, India may well achieve the $5 trillion goal. And I want India to achieve. I hope it achieves. I said, I pray for it. We should achieve it. But the question is whether this value will go equally to the poor seg segments of the economy or just make a few people billionaires worth even more billions, you know. Uh, maybe the we should not measure the sensex as a barometer of uh, economy because we should look at the AMAD, we should look at the poor segments. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're not sensex investors, so, you know, we should not look at it that way. Someone told me, and I need to verify this, that for every... 10% uh, uh, over several years, every 10% increase in GDP, there's only 1% increase in employment. Now, this is very interesting. So if we are measuring success based on FDI and FDI will increase GDP, but we ought to make, make a, a measurement in terms of employment because that's what affects the common person. So you see, the, the $5 trillion economy is just a sort of macro view and it's mostly organized economy large part of the economy is not even measured properly. It's unorganized economy, self-organized economy at the very low level, one or two people working here and there together, not measured properly. So the, the, this is improving. I mean, things are certainly get, getting a lot better, but still there is a lot of that. that. That pyramid is very steep pyramid. To talk about AI in particular, India is actually doing very well in uh, awareness in medical AI. AI is helping a lot in medical. 
people are interested in uh, digital uh, you know education uh, you know so e-learning but e-learning is not really ai based but some people are getting into that still uh, in the in the manufacturing economy and in the corporate sector indians are uh, very much uh, you know trying to get this done in a big way the use of ai but the ai is a rich man's luxury it's a big companies only that have ai the small guy is not ai savvy so i'm well worried that the small guy will be eaten up by the big guys there is an internal colonization uh, reliance may be colonizing the little guy so you will be basically working under them they'll say we are supporting you they will say we are supporting you like east india company basically turned indians into a labor labor class and said oh we are supporting you so you know indians will become basically service economy retailing the products that are either made by china or by usa or by a few big giant indian companies but the average man is not self sufficient uh, the average village would not be a self sufficient economy it would become dependent on what uh, you know what these big guys have given you so the big guys whether they are foreign based or whether a few of them are india based the point is that 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 super gigantic multinational control of hundreds of millions of people ordinary people in india is not very healthy it's not a very it's not an indian way of very decentralized uh, kind of uh, structure and economy and self sufficiency so the how many small and medium companies there no even heard of ai aam aadmi doesn't know of ai how many literary festival even have one panel on ai never they don't have how many i i am going around asking uh, uh, you know uh, mainstream newspapers to carry an interview with me not interested you know not interested tv channel not interested uh, so you see this is problem but you go to you go to some very big corporate people they'll have ai they'll have knowledge of ai so it's a very uh, kind of top heavy elitist uh, you know establishment that knows ai and my book is to try and break it up bring more people into it, the discussion um a lot of people ngos i want ngos to get into the discussion i want social scientists to get into the discussion because this is the future of economics social sciences uh, all kind of things that uh, social that affect the social sciences uh, politics elections you've seen the havoc in the us elections with the people claiming that putin interfered so imagine if that can be done by hacking the mind of people through social media then how much vulnerable the indian people are also somebody could, and sitting somewhere could also hack these elections indian elections so the applic the the field of ai is so poorly understood in india uh, i will tell you everything i'm saying here right now uh, there are people in the united states who are talking like this serious people important people they're talking like this Uh, but i don't find uh, imp- serious enough import- uh, uh, you know people in india uh, who have the savvy who have the wherewithal who have the background to talk like this and some of them are even telling me don't write this as if as if ignorance is better if we are ignorant we'll be better off because we don't have to worry come on we have to be we are a smart nation we got brains we should talk about it then we can solve these problems so ai ai if india has time that is the issue does india have time if india has enough time to sort out india will sort out indians are smart people they will sort out the question is whether we have enough time because things are happening so fast so another uh, uh, aspect that you touch upon is the whole defense aspect and how ai will play a crucial role there uh, with the prospect of a two front war with uh, china and pakistan 
how can ai lend an upper hand to india in defense and uh, what must china do to supersede in china i mean what must india do to supersede china's uh, advantages so you know about uh, in the last month there was an article uh, uh, china has started china has launched 12 uh, ai based driverless uh, submarines in the indian ocean i don't know if you know this 12 oh. these are called gliders they are not very fast moving they just gliding under the water and they're collecting data their surveillance they are looking at all the ports the coastline of india how the ships go what the route they follow which indian submarine has what kind of property what behavior profile they can go very quiet they're very silent they can go very quiet under a ship and look at it underneath the ship also and look at it watch figure out so it's a these are 12 they want to have 100 they want to have 100 and people speculate that they'll soon have 1000 so imagine right in your coastline a huge navy invisible to you under the water with ai and machine learning and all these surveillance things going on that's pretty dangerous this could never have happened 10 years ago now imagine drones which are disposable you if a drone is shot down it's shot down it's not a big deal so china has the largest uh, number of drones in the world china is number one in drones china is number one in robotics so imagine the application to robotic soldiers robotic soldiers they can carry more weight they can go in different climate conditions they don't need food they won't fall ill you know so they right now they just working to make the battery last longer and longer right now the battery life is less they want to make the battery life more and more and so as once they uh, you know soon they'll be able to deploy these in the himalayas in various places and these robotic soldiers there'll be a very large number of them and with drones with image recognition targeting very precisely what to do some drones will just do surveillance and send the picture somewhere else for a missile some drones will have some weaponry to shoot on their own so the future weapons i have discussed in this book china's ai based weapons i have discussed in this book and and uh, that talks about the us response some of the us initiatives the us navy air force army what they are doing with ai what so right now the us versus china is where this whole thing is now why india has to pay so much money to buy rafael jets is largely because these rafael jets got ai so it can do the with ai one pilot can do the job of 20 30 50 pilots keep track of so many enemy planes so many missiles coming calculate the velocity of every one of them figure out all the possible strategies that the other side has what are our counter strategies this is something that would require a big team of pilots to do but the with ai you can do it so the, the therefore even though we have ai manpower we have intelligent ai experts in india but they are working for microsoft ai they are working for google uh, google microsoft india google india most of the good ones they go overseas so while we have the brains we don't have we're not using them for our own technology we don't own the technology they they use the technology i bet rafael wherever they do this r and d i bet there'll be a lot of indian sitting there <laughs> indian sitting there and so that technology belongs to the, the foreign country we buy it back for large amount of money and then we do like this very grateful to you sir aapne humko kya kya de diya like that so you know this uh, this survival mentality looking up to those uh, who supplies with technology and then we are also grateful that, to them that they are hiring our people not realizing if you connect the two they are hiring our people this is how they get their technology then they sell it back to us 
okay so this is the defense uh, the defense department uh, needs to be uh, completely overhauled in the level of r&d now i'll tell you what some of the problems are in the book i mentioned a very large portion of india's defense budget in fact the majority goes for what do you know what it goes for salaries okay salaries including pensions and you have to pay your people so it's a very labor intensive army not technology intensive but labor intensive and therefore the size of the army is manpower how many how many you know lakhs of human beings are employed so the money goes into that what money is left over goes into maintenance supplies you know those kind of things then procurement of new weapons is a very tiny percentage of indian budget procurement of new advanced weapons and in the procurement of new advanced weapons guess where a large portion of the money goes buying foreign weapons because we need them otherwise they will finish us off so the money left for domestic research into futuristic weapons of our own is very tiny so how do we catch up with this kind of a thing and you know in the united states there is something called the military industrial academic complex military funds the industry funds the academic people the professors when i went to computer science in the early 70s doing my postgraduate work and ai was my topic there my professor was a defense uh, contract he had defense grant and all that most uh, scientific technological uh, top institutions they get a lot of uh, government money and they the, that government money goes a professor is the leading guy he brings in all the best students and he brings them in and we all the student feel very excited which is good because i'm part of this top you know high class uh, high tech uh, project and then when they graduate they get jobs in all the defense or the private industry which is doing defense contracts so this government funded industry defense industry is huge and government funded academic uh, uh, you know ecosystem is huge and this is the military industrial academic complex of america this is why whereas in india there are separate silos military does its own research academic people don't do much research they do politics more politics than research only few people here and there some iits and all they're doing some good research but generally the professor's job is uh, to teach and do politics that's his job decoupling of uh, military from industry from uh, academics a very sad thing in india and then also the separation from industry whereas you know if you look at united states some of the biggest tens of billions of dollars worth of turnover companies uh, or divisions within big companies like boeing and all that and ibm and all that are defense contractors government contractors the, the government the government uh, contract the uh, you know uh, done under secrecy done under all this uh, disc- you know you have to get clearance government clearance and all the security clearance all of this kind of work done by private industry is huge so if you want to solve the problem what should india do india should bring together military industrial academic ecosystem the first thing they should do india should invest a lot more in uh, r&d in cutting edge technologies so for instance quantum computing when somebody has a quantum computer which people are all racing to develop one when, when they have a quantum computer they'll be able to break the codes of all your normal networks they'll be able to hack into your network like that and and uh, uh, all your passwords will be gone all your encryption will be useless if somebody has a quantum computer the only defense is that you should have your own quantum computer if you are if you have quantum computer with quantum encryption 
you can protect yourself against somebody else but if you have a normal computer like today's technology and this kind of an internet like today's technology uh, you will be vulnerable and so suppose a missile is coming and this missile has been uh, sent to bomb a particular target but suppose it's coming towards me and i have a i have a ability to hack into it and break its code and replace the content with different content replace the root root to my house i can change it and put in the root to somebody else's house and send the missile back so aapki missile meri taraf aa rahi hai and if i can hack into it fast enough with quantum computing i can send the missile back to your house and blow up there so imagine what will happen to warfare hamare we send missiles to other people they'll send it right back to us only imagine or if we have the capability we could do to them so the future of warfare the future of uh, uh, you know ai based warf warfare is totally different and this requires semiconductors you have to be very good in semiconductors india did not invest in the semiconductor a small country like south korea is a leader taiwan is a leader india is not you have to invest in avionics we are buying avionics from a small country israel we don't have avionics but we we have we have a very large large population of raw talent do, who are studying ai but who are they working for is it working for us or working for some other people this is so this requires some very big rethinking very strategic rethinking that india has to do and you know i i am doing this a lover of the country of our government i i, I know that this is not anybody's problem big short term this is problem inherited from a long time back is not uh, not the problem that started recently the problem started long time back uh, but i i think that uh, we need to accelerate the thought process and be willing to uh, acknowledge some of the serious problems we have and it should not be a, a technology for a few elite people to become richer that is what we have to change right so we have a lot of uh, concerned uh, comments and questions uh, coming in uh, uh, let me generalize one of the questions i think the question is how many years do we have to act on some of the things that rajiv ji has just mentioned i want one month first one month of my book to be establishing basic premises and principles and understanding of ai and its impact on society i don't want to scare people away i don't want to give away too much uh, uh, i am talking only about say 25% of what i've written in the book that's all i'm talking about right now uh, and and i want to create a, a responsible conversation among senior people intelligent minds bring them on the table and i'm not interested in the old uh, sensationalizing uh, you know uh, people with this uh, maoist terrorist doing this and this guy coming from there the evangelist doing that I, those stories are 10 years old i keep telling my own people that you are obsolete you need to upgrade yourself just like the ai people the workforce need to upgrade upskill with ai you guys who are the activists need to upskill yourself also so i'm i'm focusing on that project for the first month i want to get deeper into it go into issue by issue more detail what are the threats that are short term what are the threats medium term what are the threats long term they i have organized it like that and the short term threats where we can say okay we lost we don't we don't we're not going to be able we'll do some damage control but we're not going to become number one but we will go into the medium term issues and go ahead of other people how to get ahead of other people how to put them on the defensive how to use our strengths which we have 
that is the conversation i want to start in february and it will be it will be a delight to have the kind of people who ask these questions uh, you know if you can send me their email ids first of all if you can send me the email ids of people who have signed in it will be wonderful for me to send them a thank you note and i want to tell all of you if you go to my website at least sign buy the book and start reading it and sign up uh, www.aiandpower.com the website is aiandpower.com and there you can sign in put in your name and uh, email id and you become part of our group uh, and we will keep you posted and i want to do these zoom events with people who are signed up in fact i may invite a whole lot of these people and you guys can co-host and keep having these zoom conferences because in one conference i can only introduce some topics and then those who already been into one one such meeting can be invited to a more advanced meeting more advanced meeting that's what i want to do so so that's what i would request is rather than me giving you in the last next 5 minutes a quick answer it's a very good question what is short term what is medium term what is long term where is the game over we have one wicket left and we have to make 200 runs game is over i mean we can't just imagine and full two days good sunny weather we can't ex- expect a draw so we lost okay but where do we invest our energy where we will win we have a little more time not too much we little more time and let's put our resources there and get ahead i want to talk about those kind of things and i want to talk to smart people like you and certainly the person who asked this question is asking a very intelligent question fantastic vivek you had a question yeah so rajiv ji that takes me to the next question uh, which i would ask in two parts so the first part is that uh, the philosophical basis of the development of ai and that you talked about in the book uh, that you say is biological materialism essentially uh, treating you know uh, consciousness as as biological as material which you contrast with the age old indian idea or vedantin philosophy of uh, consciousness primacy of consciousness essentially whereas consciousness is not seen as something which is material it is it is transcendent right so so the first part is where where do you see this debate going ahead in terms of development of ai and the second part of the question is that given that the biological materialism is the basis on the you know basis which a lot of technologies have been developed and big tech you know has control of a lot of these technologies and they are now influencing or rather deciding what are the ideas which are permissible to be put in the public domain and we see we saw that you know they are becoming even more powerful than the most powerful politicians they were able to deplatform even donald trump even before he exited the presidency so how do you see how do you see uh, the 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 place for india in terms of both the philosophical idea as well as control of emerging new technologies how can india be atmanirbhar in these emerging technologies so you know this is a great question from uh, chapter 5 of the book chapter 5 of the book is about the battle for self uh and and then towards the end uh, chapter 8 9 also i talk about these things uh in the indian context uh now the the both these are very important but you know you should re- realize in my book i call i have a, ja- a section called the return of the east india company uh, and i talk about uh uh east india company was more and i say this in the book east india company was more powerful than the british government 
it could like you know this google and facebook and twitter can deplatform trump while he is a sitting president you know because they have this big data they know all the scandals they know more than uh, trump knows about himself they know more about trump than he knows about himself because they know a lot of things that he may have forgotten or he's in denial or he wants to forget or he thinks nobody saw it but they have some way to find out so this big data as it's called big data Uh, and, and and all the machine learning based on it has more data than the government in some cases so you know the 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 two question regarding your two questions the the indian thought process vedanta thought process uh, has a theory of knowledge has a theory of intelligence has a theory of education and that has not been used in machine learning so i'm giving you a little secret which i'm going to write in a whole book an indian theory of learning knowledge memory uh you know sanskrit uh, sanskrit categories so this is this book is not disconnected it's like a lot of people don't have the imagination to understand how profound it is but if you look at the theory of knowledge the theory of meaning in sanskrit you can go deeper and create a new kind of natural language processing deeper ways of understanding and if you can understand intelligence you can understand artificial intelligence after all artificial intelligence is a mimicry of whatever the neuroscientists think about human intelligence whatever the, these neurons and how they work and what happens and all that so whatever there is a collaboration between computer scientists and neuroscientists that produce ai because neuroscientists giving you some more and more models of how the brain works according to material biology materialistic biology and ai people replicating it into neural networks so what if what if i were to rather than using the materialistic biology i come up with an alternative which i'm not going to disclose today because then people will make slogans out of it and go and running around giving talks and everybody will have a youtube channel on it and and to put out some five tweets on it you know the kind of people i'm talking about i don't want to trivialize this knowledge so easily so it has to it requires some tapasya and i want to train those people who are working with me and all of the people who are viewing are invited for that and i want to so but i'm developing all this i'm developing the ideas inherent in indian thought and i've been doing deep research on this that can be turned into a new theory of intelligence lending itself to artificial intelligence that's all i'll say right now but that's a very important question that somebody has asked i mean he's figured out where i'm going <laughs> so i didn't write this book just to scare you about jobs are bhaiya i wrote this book to shake you up so that you can join me we can do something where we take it forward into the next level where we can actually be the leaders our our people who are from our civilization imagine we have so many people who know sanskrit and they know shastras and they know all of these theories at least they can parrot it i don't know if they understand it but they can parrot the indian thought and then the same people are also tech people so there's also the tech people they also the computer tech people but they are not combining this i'm having to combine it do you know when i went to a prominent swami from one of the important uh, you know these vedanta organizations uh, uh, and i don't want to name this happened three four times in the last year or two and ask him to engage in a conversation with me like you are on ai he wrote back i'm not interested who cares this is all mithya anyway this is all you know 
I mean, our own uh, gurus, our own spiritual leaders, Vedanta experts just don't get it. They haven't, they haven't figured it out. They haven't. So I have to educate those people also. I have to educate a lot of. So I, the young ones are good. Like there's one Rama, Ramakrishna Mission Swami in New York. He's quick to learn, wants to learn, humble. Right away, he said, I know nothing about AI, but teach me and I will then uh, have my comment. So that's what I like. So we need to, we need to bridge the gap between the knowledge of Vedanta and AI. We need to bridge that gap. And that's not a quick uh, webinar topic. It's a profound topic. It, it's going to get a whole volume on that very subject. Right. So we have a related question, actually. Um, okay. As our dependence on human effort reduces, uh, our sense of meaning also will uh, diminish. Um, basically, the impact of AI on the individual self and, and on interpersonal relationships. Uh, you mentioned in the book about artificial pleasure and artificial addictions. Uh, maybe you could talk about that a little bit, uh, Rajivji. Yeah. So what he's this person, I'm glad he's read the book. Uh, this is chapter four of the book is talking about uh, the battle for agency. Agency is my sense that I'm in control. I'm making decisions. I like this. I don't like this. But the machines are fighting for your agency. The machines are figuring out Roshan will like this. I will send him this message. He won't like that. Because they, they, every time you click something, every time you click something, you're making a choice and you're showing your preference as opposed to some other alternative. And so it's going on becoming smarter and smarter, figuring you out. And there is no end to machine power nowadays. It's infinite for all practical purposes. So this, I call it as machines get smarter, people get dumber. The reason people get dumber is we turn over our, our agency to, you know, Google will search, Google Devta will tell me, Siri will tell me what I need to know. Wikipedia will tell me, why do I need to learn anything? I, you know, I have people who are in their teens uh, telling me, ke, you know, Rajiv uncle, why do we need to learn anything? Uh, Siri, ko bata, Siri will tell us what we need to know. So I call it moronization of the masses. We're becoming morons. We're becoming morons. And the system is rewarding you for being a moron, saying, you are a nice pat on the back. I'll give you gift. You'll get more retweets. The systems make you feel good for good behavior according to what they consider to be useful to them. They reward you. They reward you based on that. They know what your hot buttons are, what your weaknesses are, what type of thing you want to see. They know all that. They have deep, dark secrets about you. And we think that this is some kind of a mechanical device which is understanding me, so privacy doesn't matter. It's not a compromising privacy. But the mechanical device understanding me is owned by some human being. While the algorithm is watching all my posts, what I'm doing, the facial recognition. The point is that these algorithms are owned by some people. They're owned by human beings who can push the button this way or that way. I'll give you an inter interesting thing. When I did the interview with uh, General Pannu, uh, we had a panel discussion, Air Vice Marshal Bahadur, General Pannu and I on artificial intelligence and the future of war. And it's uh, uh, about a week old. It's online on my YouTube channel. Please watch it. We got a message from uh, YouTube saying that it violates their policy. <laughs> I don't know who, who are they to decide what violate policy. Nonsense. There's nothing in it. And so uh, what? Uh, who's deciding all this? So they said, no, no, election, election sensitivity. I said, there's no election business in it. We are not supporting any candidate, not, none of that stuff. So we had to argue. And then uh, people on my team 
were able to convince them and to have a human being look at it. They said algorithm has decided, but there's a way to escalate it and require a human being to look at it. So when the human being looked at it, they said, yeah, of course, you're right. There's all you know, wrong judgment about this video. So they cleared the video and suddenly it started doing very well because they had kind of shadow banned it. Then I uh, did a book launch. In the book launch was the same General Pannu. He's a very strong guy. He's very clever, cl clear thinking, but there's nothing he's saying that is a problem, except he's linked with the previous one, na, which they felt was a problem. So the same person shows up in the next one. Again, they send us the same message saying that, uh, sorry, you know, this is this is not, uh, they're kind of filtering it out and they will not, uh, they won't ban it, they won't block it, but they will not, uh, uh, you know, let it uh, go viral. They will not, they will limit it to a few people what, knowing about it. So again, we argued and uh, this morning they've released it. So, you know, not only are we being hacked psychologically and turning over our, uh, our agency to autopilot, autopilot mode, Good Google Devta, you please look after me. You tell me what to do. You tell me what is true, what is false. I will follow. You tell me who's right, who's famous, who gets more retweets, whom I should be spending time with, who's no good. You tell me. You tell me this person has scandal. I won't go for him. This person is very popular. He's doing well, so I will support him. The adhikar, the adhikaris are the these the, these these foreign AI sources have uh, uh, expert system. Uh, foreign AI based, uh, you know, gigantic systems have become the adhikaris rather than our traditional adhikaris, okay? And we are losing our sovereignty. India is losing its sovereignty. It's a national security crisis that I'm talking about in this book. It is not just uh, that the children will be, you know, not well-informed and they're watching, they're doing too much of this and they're not learning. Okay, that is one issue. But I'm saying that there is an erosion of self-esteem. There's an erosion of adhikar. Who's who's the authority ultimately? Yeah. Who do I listen to? There is a, there is a, this thing, uh, the, this, uh, you know, even my identity, I want to be identified in a way that is good for search engine optimization. I'll say those things that they will be happy with. Search engine optimization is sort of like agama. When you go to a devta, you do agama, which is a ritual procedure that you bring this oil or bring this much ghee or bring this rice and you do this with your left hand, right hand, then you do this so many times. This is a very protocol. This is a protocol. Agama is a protocol to please a certain devta. So now all of this search engine optimization and all of this kind of uh, how you, uh, you know, how you get your video uh, outsmarting the algorithm, how you get it ahead so algorithm will like it. Uh, this algorithm is like a devata now. And all of these, our people are running around trying to decode, de reverse engineer the agama that this particular devata likes. This is colonization. And this is going from the highest level, high all the way down. The whole society is mesmerized by this nonsense. And I'm fighting it. I've talk, been talking about it. So I decided I'll write a book and go public with it. And now, now when I go public with it, people saying, why are you telling the people all this? Why are you making it open? Why are you, why are you, why are you educating our enemies? And I tell them, don't insult our enemies. They already know all this. They know our weaknesses. They know where we are vulnerable. They know how to hit us and bring us down. I'm trying to wake up our own people. So Rajiv Ji, my next question is, uh, I mean, you were born into dharmic civilization and you have learned a lot from it and you have been you know spending a large part of your life you know giving it back uh, by educating us about the strengths and weaknesses and especially the dangers that lie ahead for dharmic civilization so i want to know 
what impact you think ai will have uh, on an overall basis on our dharmic civilization over the next 2 3 day 2 to 3 decades and how can we use it to our advantage so this is the whole point of uh, uh, chapter 5 of this book and then towards later on chapter 9 and 10 so people should read that i do give an idea of of that i feel the next 10 years are very tough for us because we we have a long uh, lead of uh, that china has if you look at the top 10 in terms of investments and number of patents and things of that kind you will find besides us and china there is uh, russia there is uh, japan uh, there is south korea in european union there's a lot of these people and india is not anywhere in that so to catch up is uh, uh, you know we are thinking we are catching up because we are training lakhs of ai people but that's labor we are training that labor to work as labor class that's not the same thing as intellectual property that's not like patents that's not like original thinking so we are producing a huge army of people who will do some basic work very rudimentary basic work in ai and we we feel very proud so to catch up and really get into the driver's seat where this technology is going to go in the future uh, there are several fundamental foundational things we have to improve which i am listing and the ten, the next 5 years minimum and up to 10 years it will take for us to do that if we start doing it now we have not started doing those things now we don't even have an understanding of those things because we are living in some clouds ki hum vishwa you know guru ban gaye hain like that uh, so you don't become vishwa guru without the purusharth without the effort without the tapasya you know you have to do that so my concern for india is the, this window of this decade this is the window we are vulnerable this is the window when a china pak combined attack using these new technologies and pakistani boots on the ground uh, can really be devastating we don't have a defense this is the window when the breaking india forces 2.0 can be brought in to finish us off from inside this is the this is the window when we do not have our own social media we are just going loving all the other social media that the americans have giving up all our big data to them we don't it won't it can't be done overnight you can write programs and put platforms overnight but you cannot have such a huge critical mass of followers and so much content overnight yeah uh, so this is this there are I, i've listed a whole lot of things in this uh, book that need to be done that need to be fixed very quickly huh yeah. uh, and, and and education policy and and technology policy all of that uh, and, and spiritual uh, you know empowerment how, to, to build a spiritual foundation based on vedic uh, metaphysical spiritual foundation sankhya foundation uh, for this ai these are big projects these are who going to do them it's not a matter of going and doing some mantra somewhere and ma- making a speech in some literary festival and getting a lot of claps which is what our people will do our people will trivialize this book because they'll copy this that and this they turn it into some speech and then everybody will say aap to bahut hi famous ho gaye aap bahut acha ho gaye that's not going to solve the problem i i want people to actually do the work and not just talk about it and and how to get people interested so there is a team that i can give some guidance to i can direct give guidance to and inspire the people to do certain things how who will organize it for me i can't go and organize i don't have the means to organize i'm not an institution i'm not an organization so i think that if we were to get organized and we were to put the right brains the right kind of leadership vision 
and we have certainly the youth talent the raw talent is there not in short supply probably more than other countries have with all that put together we'll need minimum middle of this decade five years and it could be many more years before we can say that we are out of danger and now we can be truly vishwaguru that will take that much time but do we have the will and the and the leadership to put it all together i don't know so rajiv this has been a fascinating conversation and uh, you know in typical style you have seeded many different uh, ideas here that uh, you know whole lot of people should take forward and definitely debate uh, as well in the right uh, uh, places as we enter this new decade uh, what are you optimistic for from an indian perspective so what i'm optimistic for is that uh, india india has a critical mass of raw brain power raw not organized into big mission projects that like i want but raw brain power exists india has the understanding that uh, like in the case of covid if we get our act together if we if we are very early in it uh, and we are we are following a principle and uh, you know we can beat it we can we can be very good at it so india has that kind of uh, confidence that it can do these things on a big scale uh, india has the credibility now the question is can we live up to it india has the credibility if we went with some of these very large projects the world will follow us if we can take take this on so india has the the youth brains india has the the self confidence india has the con- credibility uh, these are some of the things that uh, uh, you know we we can put together and and add what we don't have very quickly to the mix and make a special masala you know our own <laughs> our own swadeshi uh, masala and then we can lead the world then then i would love to see that i would love to see during my life at least know that we are we are okay now we are going to be okay and not just okay but we are going to fly high i would love to see that happen during my life i'm not going to enjoy see be enough to enjoy all that that doesn't matter you guys will enjoy it and i'll be so happy that it's going to happen that's what i what my dream is fantastic so on that note uh, we've come to the end of this uh, very engaging discussion uh, thank you rajiv ji again it was a pleasure and an absolute privilege uh, hosting you on the platform and we look forward to many more uh, discussions with you going forward and all the best with the book thank you very much and i will tell one more time to all the viewers go to www. ai and power.com yeah. and register your name and email id and get a copy of the book uh, it's available in hard copy they are shipping them out read it and uh, then join these uh, i'm going to have these uh, these uh, zoom events uh, at least once a month maybe more uh, those who register will keep inviting you and if you read the book you can ask uh, submit questions and we can do q and a i want the entire year 2021 to be focused on this book of mine that's my goal i have many more books coming but i'm deliberately delaying them because i want this book to get enough enough uh, attention enough traction and thank you very much both of you for an amazing interview and thank you to all the viewers namaste namaste thank you everyone for tuning in